This week on the podcast, I am joined by Harrison Smith. Harrison is a real estate agent. Actually, he's the guy that got me into podcasting a little over a year ago. He's already been on the podcast, but he's back again to talk about some of the things that he has going on in his business that I think is a little bit different than a lot of other realtors out there in terms of marketing, building a digital presence, and just kind of growing business statewide. So I had a great conversation about that, talked a little bit about productivity. That's something that I put a call out for looking for people to talk about productivity. It's something I'm kind of into at this moment. So we talk a little bit about that. So there's definitely some nuggets spread throughout this episode that I think if you give a listen, you'll really enjoy and get something out of. As always, this is the Randy Forcier podcast. You can do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. We'd really appreciate that. Also on Instagram and Facebook under the Randy Forcier podcast. Appreciate everyone's support. Thanks so much for listening. It means the world to me. Things are going really well with the podcast, continually getting better and better guests and appreciate all the support. So Thanks again. Here's Harrison. Harrison Smith, welcome back for round two. Thanks for having me, Randy. Glad to be back for round two. You were my third or fourth guest on the podcast, and here we are. This is going to be, I think, episode 60. Look at us, man. We're back. Wow. Well, it's it's a bit of a proud moment for me because I remember when you first talked about doing this, you and I got coffee a couple of times because I was doing a podcast and you were picking my brain about how to do it. And, you know, I was like, you know, just do it. You know, here's the tools I use. You know, we're recording in the same thing that I use. And it's a proud moment for me to see you get to episode 60. And it's been great. I, I love your podcast. I listen every week. I do enjoy seeing all the different guests and topics you have. And it's it's nice to see you continuing to do it. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, and there's no doubt. When people ask me how I got started in podcasting, your name is the first thing that comes up. And all those tools that I use were things that you told me, and I still use them. And I've gone awesome. on to tell a dozen other people about all these tools and just kind of paying it forward and teaching people and spreading the podcast game out. Awesome. It's, so. such, it's such a fun medium. It's, you know, and if, if I know it seems scary, but once you do it, it's just, it is a lot of fun. And I do find it enjoyable and it's nice to see other people doing it too. Yeah. Before I was on your podcast, it did seem that way to me. It seemed yep. like lugging cameras around and microphones and all this stuff. And you know, it's honestly like doing a Zoom meeting now, pressing yep. a couple buttons. And you know, yep. so anyways, I love talking about podcasting. It's allowed me to connect with people I've never met before, have conversations I've never had before. So it's the fun part about doing it. So. Well, that's, I think that's one of the key points to this, Randy, is that like it is a great way to take some of the friction out of networking. You know, you're offering to bring somebody on, talk about them, you know, who doesn't love to talk about themselves, you know, feature them, highlight them. And it's a lot of what we do on the real estate side too, which is continuing to put other people first yep. because that ultimately is how everybody ends up winning. Mm -hmm. I've asked some people to be on the podcast that I maybe thought they'd say no, but did say yes. And when mm -hmm. you really think about it, it's just like, when do you really have an opportunity to talk about yourself, tell a story in a long form kind of way? And I think people enjoy doing that. I know that I certainly yep. enjoy doing it. So, you know, it's, it's removed that barrier for me from asking yep. people that I thought, you know, there's no way this person would want to do the podcast and said, you know, I'm just going to ask them. And yep. honestly, the sky's the limit. <laughs> and as, as far as I'm concerned, getting people to come and just tell their story, share little nuggets they've learned about their business, about their life and just having cool conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So want to have you back because we talked all about that podcasting stuff last time and all those tools, but I wanted to talk about what you're doing in your real estate business, because you're doing some stuff that's different from a lot of people that I'm working with. And I know you have big plans for moving forward. I want to talk to you yep. about what that looks like as far as real estate goes for you. Yeah. So I think what's a little different about what we're doing, I'm not a, I'm not a salesperson. 
you know, I'm not somebody who's going to try to outscript you or convince you to do something. That's just not my approach. I'm a networker. I'm a relationship guy. I like to get to know people, know their story, figure out what they really need and see how I can help. I'm not trying to force a solution on anybody. And I think that's where it's a little different is that I'm not, you know, I'm not making a ton of cold calls and things like that. Like I'm just working through my networking, seeing who I can help. And one of the best ways to do that has been video. Mm -hmm. uh, like we talked about on about you know podcasting, it's a way to take some of the friction out. Mm -hmm. So, what I like to do, and what we've been doing, we've got two websites going right now. You can find, I would say, more of your kind of consumer, local person type facing stuff at exploremainlife.com. Yep. And then the other side of that is Main Connects, mm -hmm. and those two play together because ultimately at exploremainlife.com, we're focusing on. What are the best restaurants? What are the best amenities? What are the best places to go? We're trying to feature and highlight what makes this community so great. Mm -hmm. You know, in Southern Maine itself, is it's a it's a community to itself. And then every town's its own little community. But we're focusing on what makes our communities so great. Yep. And that's kind of step one. That's explore Maine life. You know, here's the best place to get a burger. Here's the best place to get ribs. Here's the best place to, you know, walk your dog, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And then behind that, we bring in Maine Connects, which is really getting to know our business community. So it's it's talking to the small business owners. It's it's understanding their story. Why'd you open that restaurant? What's the story behind it? Why'd you name it that? What's what's fun and or challenging about operating a business in Maine? Yeah. And trying to trying to really share both sides of it because in many cases, you know as well as I do, you walk into a local you walk into a local restaurant or or, or a store, nine times out of ten the owner's the person taking care of you behind the counter, but you mm -hmm. don't know that because you don't know them. Now it's a chance to really bring these business owners forward, really share their stories, you know, amplify their presence in the community and help people really understand who are the people driving our local economy. So focusing on Explore Main Life, is there a YouTube component to this or is all of the video content you provide on that website, Explore Main Life? Yeah, so our, our strategy is really, it's a combination of video, digital, and social. So video drives it all. We're creating short form videos. We're creating long form videos, you know, short form video being things like TikTok and, and reels mm -hmm. long form being, you know, more like YouTube, your, you know, two minute or longer type video. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, video drives it all. And then we use digital. So we have our websites where we publish all this stuff out, which gives people a chance to come in, see all of it. It's videos, it's blogs, it's additional articles and pieces of information about the community with an opt-in to get more information. We're not trying to sell you houses on this website. It's really a chance for you to come in, get our newsletter, you know, sign up to find out when the next videos come out. So we, we do have kind of our own YouTube of sorts, but we also put this all on, it's on Facebook, it's on TikTok, it's on YouTube. Yeah. It's everywhere. Ultimately, yeah. we're driving everybody back to our website where you can find everything easily. And if you want to learn more about the area or you've got suggestions of places we should go or you're a business owner that wants to be featured, you can connect with us right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then main connects is the other side of things. Like you said, where it's business focused, are you tackling certain communities right now? Or is this just statewide? Like, are you trying to focus on York County, Cumberland County communities, or are you just going to wherever you think makes the most sense? It's open. Honestly, you know, we're looking for, we're looking for those, you know, kind of our favorite things. So we're going to, you know, first of all, kind of touching on where are our favorite places to go, hitting those first. Who are the people we know that we'd love to get featured here and putting them at the front of the line? And yep. then after that, it's really from those videos, we get a lot of comments about, well, if you love that place, go check out this place. Okay, we'll go check out that place. So we'll go there next. Yep. So a little bit of that is consumer driven, you know, tell us where you want us to go and we'll go. So it's not necessarily like a set plan or a set territory. We're really kind of like following the places we enjoy and following where people think we should go next. 
Yeah. In the meantime, you know, for example, Johnny Moe, my partner in this, was actually up in Waterville over the weekend. He's got family in that area. He grabbed a bunch of stuff up in Waterville because he was there. Yeah. You know, I'm working on to grab some stuff here locally in Saco because I live I live in Biddeford, so it's easy yeah. to go to Saco and get stuff. Totally. So we are we're a little bit all over the place, really focusing on the things we love, but also just following where people think we should go next. So the goal, the ultimate goal though, is to get people interacting with your content grabbing, I don't want to say grabbing their information, but getting their contact information. Mm -hmm. Eventually these would be real estate potential clients for you sure. at some point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it works. It works in two ways. So when, when people are, you know, we all know in Maine, a lot of our home buyers come from out of state. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't live here or maybe you haven't visited here in a while, like you've got a lot of questions. So our goal is to be the people that can answer those questions for them. So when they want to know best school systems, best neighborhoods, best restaurants, best whatever, they, you know, they search on Google and they find us mm -hmm. and they begin to engage with our content. We become kind of their guide through the research phase. Mm -hmm. And then when they're ready to make a move, hopefully they ask us to help them. And, and that's great. And then locally, you know, we're networking with these business owners, helping them out, trying to drive more activity in the community. And from that, you know, by continuing to give first and by continuing to help others out and by continuing to be good stewards of our community, ultimately people that want to work with us that have seen what we do and like what we do, you know, will want to work with us. Yeah. Uh, not everybody will, but some will. I like the idea of something I've talked about a lot in my business, yeah, that idea of giver's gain. You yep. try to help as many people as you can. So yes, are you capturing people from out of state that are looking online to learn about Maine? Yes. But as you're promoting those business owners, you're building those relationships, you get it on that side too, eventually. Yep. But it all starts with that mindset of how can I help people raise everyone up and then you know you get what you want in return. Exactly. And that's where you and I see things very similar. It's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a big community guy. I love Biddeford. I love where I live. I love mm -hmm. Saco. I love this whole area. And I want to see all these small business owners do well. And I'm okay helping them do well before it helps me do well. Because I think ultimately when our community is thriving and the small business environment is thriving and the economy is doing well and people are happy, you know, it's just, it's a better place to live. So therefore the entire community wins. And from that, in the end, you know, we all end up winning together. And I'm okay letting other people win before I do. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your vision for this stuff? Is this something where you're just going to get all corners of Maine covered in Explore Maine Life and Maine Connects? Or do you have bigger visions for that? Yeah, I have bigger visions for that. Obviously, it's easy to start in Maine because we're here. So the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the focus is in Maine. I love Maine. I will always live in Maine. I might like to live in Florida for part of the year, but <laughs> I'll always live here, right? Yeah. Love Maine, love what our communities have to offer. So, you know, we're focused very hard on Maine right now. We're also, we're beginning to do some work in New Hampshire through Explore New Hampshire Life. Mm -hmm. And we're looking for somebody in New Hampshire that might want to take that New Hampshire Connects concept and place it there because yeah. I view that platform, that Maine Connects platform as something that people can put anywhere. You can do that in any state. Mm -hmm. If you want to become the small business networking person, you can put that in any state. You know, so similar to you, you know, you go to BNI. I view Maine Connects as a digital version of like a BNI, you know. Business owners come in, we share their stories, we connect, we share referrals, we're able to trade contact information, able to help each other out, and it becomes a big digital networking platform. Mm -hmm. And that can be put into any county or town or city or state and can really take that networking concept and whoever wants to run with it, you know, whoever wants to be that kind of chapter president of sorts allows them to establish their own networking presence wherever they might live. Yep. And we, you know, we, we're working with agents right now in... We've got agents in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Alaska, Oregon. You know, we've got people all over the country, Ohio, that are working with us to do exactly this in their communities. Because of it, they're seeing their business blow up. 
yep. because they are continuing to get in front of the community, share great things, tell good stories. People engage with them and they earn their trust. And because yep. of that, they view them as the person I want to work with. You're clearly the community leader. You're the super connector here. I want to work with you. Yep. And because we're always featuring other people, it shows our ability to connect with people, help people, but also the fact that we know about the area that we live. Yep. Yep. So you're building up the brand right now, and this is yep. something you hope to grow in time. How hard is it on the tech side of things? Do you have people that you are working with to create this stuff, these templates, these things that you can apply in other parts of the country? Yeah, we do. So, you know, thankfully, John Mazzillo, Johnny Moe, my partner in this, had started down this path in 2020. Obviously, COVID changed everybody's plans. Um, yep. So he and I connected. We, th we actually, we hosted an event last fall. I invited Johnny Moe to come to that to talk about this. We started talking about that afterwards and decided to join forces and work together on it because I saw a very similar need and was already starting to do some of this locally. So it made sense to join forces and turn this on. Mm -hmm. But we do have a team. So when somebody calls and says, hey, I want to do what you guys do, the answer to that is, okay, you know, let's get some information about you to make sure you're the right fit. But what they're plugging into is a team that does this all for them. So what we have is we have a team that does all the keyword research to say, hey, this is what people are looking for. Let's make videos about this topic or this yep. type of this type of business. We'll, let's, let's write you a script so you know what you're going to go in and say or at least give you the talking points you want to make or the questions you want to ask during that interview. Now, you go record the video. You send that back to us. We're going to edit that video. We're going to write optimized blogs. We're going to optimize the write-ups. We're going to distribute it on social media. We're going to put it on YouTube. We're going to put it on your website. And we're going to help you drive traffic to it so it's seen. And our team does all that. And this is built off the back end of a Chime CRM, a Chime IDX website. So okay. people can still search for houses on your website. If the person that wants to do this isn't a real estate agent, and we've had a lot of people that aren't real estate agents ask to do this, we just turn the IDX feature off. And you've still got a really great website where you know people can opt in for a newsletter or get more information and go yeah. into the CRM and you continue to track them. But the the tech the technical backbone is built off of Chime. We have a, we have our own customized version of Chime that runs separately from you know kind of the standard corporate versions. Everything plugs into that, and then our team does all that work for the agent. So all the agents got to do is show up, push record, and send it to us. And all the prep work and all the all the post production work is done for them. So besides the real estate side of your business, this is a business in itself. It is. Right? Yeah. It is 100%. It's a business in itself where it is, you know, we have effectively a full-scale production company, a media company that can help people with social media, YouTube, you know, their own website hosting, and really we're big proponents of building out that personal brand. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of agents right now are asking us, you know, what brokerage should I be at? Should I join a team? And the answer to that is it doesn't matter. You know, the consumer is hiring you. They don't mm -hmm. care if you're at Remax or Coldwell Banker or Keller Williams. They just don't care. They're hiring you. It's similar for you, Randy. When people come to Randy, you know, they're hiring Randy. They're not necessarily hiring Norcom. Norcom's great. I bet you 50% of the people I work with don't even know that I work for Norcom. Or I was just going to say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you, do you, know, do, yeah. do you know how many people even know you work at Norcom? No, totally. You really are building your personal brand <laughs> yeah. in this business. And not even just real estate or mortgage. Like most businesses where it's a, it's a personal thing. Like people are working with you as the individual most of the time, not the company necessarily. Yeah. That's behind you. So. Yeah. So it's really about how do you stand out? And and this this service allows agents around the country to stand out in their marketplace and mm -hmm. get ranked on the first page of Google. So they're, you know, they're being ranked right there with Zillow. So who's the customer going to click? The generic Zillow portal or your super local content that answers their question? And mm -hmm. it's really about how do we make sure that we continue to put you in front of the eyes of the consumer 
you know, where they're looking because the consumer, when the consumer's thinking about buying a home, they start the research of that six months to a year before they do it. You know, they're looking at, they're thinking about, you know, what school district should we be in? What neighborhood should we target? What are the amenities like? And they go online to search for that. If you're the person providing that information, they're going to find you. And now you've caught them at the very beginning of the process and you become their guide all the way through the research phase. And they've been building relationship with you all along that you didn't even know they're building because mm -hmm. you're, you've been answering their questions from day one. Yeah. Makes sense. What do you think has been your biggest challenge since you've done this? Has there been a challenge? Oh yeah. I mean, with, with anything, you know, anytime you're, you're starting or, or trying to grow and scale a business, there's challenges. And, and honestly, the biggest challenge it's, it's how do you get the message in front of people? I, I think that a lot of agents are looking for this. They don't, know that they're looking for this. And I, I say agents, but that could also be mortgage, mortgage officers and title reps and attorneys. You know, a lot of small business owners are looking right now, what are the ways I can make myself different? How do I stand out in front of all this noise on social media and all this noise online and, and really differentiate myself from everybody else? And it's, it's how do you get that message in front of somebody that, you know, this works, here's our results mm -hmm. in a way that makes them say, yeah, like, I want to do that. And also understand that this is not like a done for you. I'm just going to push a button, sit back and let her, let all this activity come in. You know, people are used to paying Zillow and just waiting for the leads to roll in. You know, you have to be an active participant in this and actually no. go make the videos and, and, and make those introductions. But I will say when you call somebody and say, Hey, I'd love to come in and film a video and feature your business in front of my audience online and give you a great marketing asset that you can use. It's, you don't get a lot of no's when you make that yeah. call. And it's a great way to start some relationships. Totally. Yeah. Why would you say no to that? Someone wants to profile your business, right. share it online. I don't know what the downside is of that. Right. So. Right. And it tends to make that conversation go a lot easier. So I think the, the biggest thing is the country's big. There's a lot of people out there. It's just being able to get that message in front of the right people and continue to be able to share with them what this means and how it can impact their business. Yeah. Awesome. How have you seen things in the business at this point in 2023 and any thoughts on the market? I mean, the market's market's good. I mean, it, it's, there are, there are closings happening every day. There's a lot of activity in the marketplace. There's a lot of buyers that are still trying to buy homes. There's a lot of sellers that are, that are selling homes and, and earning a lot of equity upon that sale. In some cases, for some people, I've seen them be able to double the value of their home in a three or four year span. And you know, that, that can be life-changing, you know, when you make that, when you make that kind of investment three or four years ago, sell it for twice that, you know, and put that difference in your pocket to either move into your next phase of life or into wherever it needs to go. And it, it, it can be life-changing. So I would say market's good, still very active. We need a lot more homes to sell, please. If you're thinking about selling now is absolutely the time because it is very, very active, but you know, there's no crash coming, you know, the, the economics don't support it. Yeah. I saw a report come out the other day that MBT bank had published in, in conjunction with some other banks that was showing that nationally we're about 4 million housing units short of what we need. And Maine itself is now about 15,000 housing units short. Yeah. That same report was done back in 2015. We were 6,000 housing units short in Maine. We're now 15,000 units yeah. short. So move the other direction since then. Part of me thinks right. that Maine is, is a little bit different than some of the numbers that you would see on a national level. Yep. There's some places that have started to correct a little bit or, you know, things aren't quite as bad, but it does seem a little extra competitive in Maine for, for whatever reason, Very. an aging population that probably wants to stay in their homes, people from out of yep. state that have discovered Maine through COVID and can work remotely. Uh, it does seem like it's a little bit more tricky to buy here right now. It is. It is. And there's a lot of factors you hit on a couple of big ones. I think 
we saw people come here during COVID because they could get space and they could, you know, get out of their high rise condo building and have a few acres of land and be left alone and they can work from anywhere. Uh -huh. We've got an aging population that doesn't necessarily have a lot of great services for them here locally. That's changing. We've, we're seeing more senior living being built, but, but that's a lot of people up overnight. I mean, even right. for what there is and, and what might be coming, it, it definitely doesn't happen. In no. a blink of we, and I think we have a long ways to go. Yeah, it's a long process for sure. But you also you also have the effects of short term rentals. You know, you've got a lot of people. We've always been a big second home market, but now you're also seeing a lot of people convert single family homes in your traditional neighborhoods into short term rentals that we never saw that before. Yeah. And that also affects our supply. And then, you know, we continue to see second home buyers that are up here buying homes and and that's the nature of it. And then I think the last factor here is that the the process to build and develop in Maine is hard. Mm -hmm. uh, materials are more expensive because you're so far from the source in many cases. Our labor pool is small. We don't have a ton of, of, of contractors and there's groups trying to help fix that, but you don't have a lot of options. And the development process in Maine is, is slow and it's, it's mm -hmm. long and it's tedious because you have a lot of approvals and DEP and state approvals and it's just not easy to build. So yeah. there's a lot of factors here that are going to prevent us from changing the supply situation for quite a few years. Yeah. And I think the other thing that is more my world than yours is just the interest rate market right now mm. where it doesn't necessarily affect, I mean, it affects buyers. Buyers don't like the fact that they're paying sure. seven interest rates versus the three and a half percent a year ago. But what I've come to understand over the past six months is that rates affect sellers more than it affects the buyers. It's stopping all these people that otherwise would have sold. And I don't want to say forcing them to, to stay in their home, but it's really putting a lot of pressure on them to stay in their home as opposed to right selling and creating the inventory that we need to move the market. And they're putting that new addition on finishing their basement. They're finishing their kitchen. They're making their house work for them into the next phase of their life, whatever that is, whether it's having kids or downsizing or, you know, so until the rates come down, I think there's an, another pressure beyond the things that we just talked about. And hopefully that happens before long, but it's not something that hasn't happened till this point in the middle of the year. Yeah, no, it, it's a great point too, because when you, you know, I'm a prime example of that. I refinanced my house a couple of years ago to a 2.875 rate. Mm -hmm. uh, if I were to go on the market and buy my same house, I'd be in the sixes or seven and my payment's probably $700 more per month, you know, for the yeah. same house, nothing changed. And it really, except for the rate. Yeah. So why, you know, so why <laughs> would you do that? Right. Exactly. And I, and I hear experts saying experts have a lot of opinions on this sort of stuff. It's just part of the, part of the deal in the business, but the rate that I keep hearing as the rate that's going to move the market is something in the low fives. So yep. I don't know we're we're still in that upper sixes, sevens range. You know, maybe by the end of the year, there's some talk of rates being back in the, that five, 5% range. I guess time will tell, but it's, it's definitely something we're up against right now. Yeah. I mean, all indications are that at least inflation's heading the right direction. So maybe we'll, we'll see some relief here soon, but I agree with you. I think it's probably end of the year, early next year before you see any real relief. But in the meantime, people that are buying right now at those 7% rates, are going to have a great opportunity to refinance down the road. Okay. They're buying right now when it's a little bit less competitive because when those rates drop to five, the competition for homes, buyers are going to come back out. Competition shoots right back up. Prices start climbing again because we still haven't fixed the supply issue. Yeah. So don't get me wrong when I say that yep. it's not competitive because it, it's very competitive right yes. now, even with rates at seven, but it will be that much more competitive yep. when rates come back down. I just had a buyer actually went under contract yesterday, which I'm very excited for them. Oh, congrats. But they were one of nine offers, you know, and rates were lower. It's, you know, one out of 20 offers, one, one yep. out of 20 offers that it has to be. And, you know, so I do think if you're thinking of buying, it's not a bad time to buy. 
just know that you're buying it at rates now and there will be an opportunity to refinance in the yep. future. And, and you're fighting a lot less people now than you will be when the rates are there. Yeah. that's what I'm telling clients right now. You know, if, if you can afford it right now, then I would buy it right now because the nice thing is this is the most you're ever going to pay for that house. Yeah. Because if the rates do go down next year or in two years and you refi and you can drop your payment, you know, mm -hmm. you won't pay more per month for your house than you're paying right now. And if you can afford it right now and buy when it's a little bit less competitive, it's only going to help you down the road. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I do feel like we've hit the ceiling of what rates are going to do. You know, mm -hmm. thing, hey, the world's a crazy place. There's a lot of moving parts. A lot of crazy stuff can happen. But we've seen that rates have kind of stopped at that 7% range. Yep. That ceiling stuff is sorted out, right? Inflation's coming down, waiting to kind of figure out what the Fed does with, with rate hikes. But I think the idea of rates going to 10% or something like that, I think we don't have to necessarily worry about that. It's more just kind of trading in this flat range moving forward. And when are they going to come down from here? So Yeah, and I think for consumers, the, the, the two good things to know are it appears that rates are probably at the highest point they're going to be at. So it's only going to, it should only get better from here and that there is not any indication of there being a real estate market collapse. Sales are down only because inventory is down. It's not because people aren't buying homes. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even if there was mass layoffs and, and job loss, there would still be enough people to support the supply that we have for real estate yeah. right now. No doubt. And people have great equity in their homes. If they, if something in their life were to happen, they could easily sell their house, cash out the equity and be able to solve whatever problem they've got. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So it's been a hell of a year, an interesting <laughs> year, but it's good yep. that you're doing stuff with explore main, main connects stuff. That's outside of what people would normally do to try to find other ways to get business. And I expect things would be even that much better for you with these things a year from now. So it seems like you're laying the groundwork, the tracks to benefit from that stuff when things do turn around. Yeah. They're, the nice thing with, you know, when you look at traditional prospecting, the traditional prospecting that we do is it's good for that moment in time. Mm -hmm. When you're building a video archive and library and a digital presence, people find those videos forever. I, I get a call a month or so ago from somebody looking to buy an investment property in Orchard Beach that found me from a video I made a year ago. Mm -hmm. Like those digital assets live forever. Video is forever. You know, mm -hmm. the consumer will continually find it. So really when you think about, when you think about, you know, lead generation and prospecting, that sort of stuff lives forever. Whereas, you know, the mailers and the phone calls are only good for the moment in time you make them. Totally. I actually see it with the podcast. When I look at the yeah. episodes that I put out and the ones that I did earlier on are still getting listens. Nope. It reminds me that, you know, this is a good thing. Things kind of start to snowball and those things are doing the work for you, even though you did it a year ago, year and a half ago, two years ago. So it, it is yep. a good reminder. Yeah, they're out there working for you forever. I did want to talk to you a little bit about productivity because I put yeah, a little bit of a, a request out a few weeks back looking for someone to do a whole podcast about productivity on. It's probably a little bit of a tricky topic to discuss, but how important is productivity to you in your business? Is that something that you're very aware of? Are you trying to maximize your time? And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it, it's it's hugely important to me. I invest in or own and operate a number of businesses here locally. I got a lot of competing priorities and things that need to get done. So for me, being able to manage that all, clear priorities, and be able to keep myself on track is very, very important. Otherwise, I could easily get lost in the noise and spend my whole day just busy, 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 but not really getting anything done. Yeah. Now, is there any special tools that you have? Are you very old school in how you manage your time? What does that look like for you? Yeah. So I've tried a lot of different tools. I, I've tried the, you know, time block, everything, put it on your calendar. I've tried the, the task list with all the subtasks, like the monday.com approach. But 
what I've found, and it worked for me way back in college, is I I create my I create for myself each week a weekly success list, mm-hmm. and that those are the things I have to do this week before I can consider the week complete. Yeah. Now, what I don't do is I don't schedule every single one of them because what I find is things happen, and if you schedule to do something at two o'clock today and and a family thing comes up or there's a business need or there are some days you just maybe don't have your A game. Mm-hmm. When you miss that time, now you feel like you're playing catch up. Oh, I got to get all these other things done on top of that. And then it becomes like overwhelming. So what happens? You just don't do anything. You know, you, yeah. you get, you're not sure what to do. There's too much to do. So you don't do it. So I basically create myself as a success list every week and it's the stuff I have to do. But the nice thing is I can do it during the week when I want to do it. So if mm-hmm. I want to just like heavily stack Monday and Tuesday and knock all those things out, awesome. The rest of the week is my time to focus on the other things that I want to be doing. If I get off to a slow start, well, Friday might be a really busy day getting caught up on everything. But but I, I now know the things I have to do before the week closes out to say I had a good week. Do you go old school handwritten note on the side of your desk? Are there any... <laughs> There you go. I mean, literally, I, I keep I keep a notebook in front of me, so I, I have my success list. Then I have like the other stuff that comes up during the week. And Johnny Moe's got it. He calls them rhythms, and I, and I like it's a it's a prettier word, prettier way to say what I what I do. But there are certain things every week we have to do. You know, we have to we have to do certain things within our businesses every week to make sure that they run, to make sure they continue to grow. And then you got all the other stuff on top of that, kind of your project type stuff that you that you've got to do. But the hard part is sometimes scheduling all that isn't easy or this, the calendar looks overwhelming. Give yourself a little flexibility, fit it in where you can, where it makes sense. And if you're having a good week, you know, front load it, get it all done. If you're having a tough week, push some of it out. Maybe some of it carries into the weekend, but I way back in my, in my days in distribution, we had a saying it's a week's worth the work in a week. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to close down the week. You have to say the week is done. The door is shut. I got it all done. Because what ends up happening is if you keep carrying stuff over week after week after week, you never make that progress you want, but you also just make next week harder because yep. you're trying to catch up on, the, on what you didn't get done this past week. I do know that feeling. I do not know <laughs> that feeling of things carrying on. I actually have a written to-do list similar to that. I mean, you call, you call it a success list, but I mean, for me, it's just my, my weekly to-do list. But yep. there are things that kind of continually go on there from week to week. I actually mm-hmm. hate seeing them on there. So trying to find the right thing that works for me. But yeah, I don't love it when things kind of carry over from week to week. Yeah. So. And what I find is if I've got something that's been on that list that, that I'm trying to carry over for like the second or third week and I don't want, I just, I'm struggling to do, then I begin to ask the question of, should I be doing this? Mm-hmm. Like if I don't feel like it's important enough to do it, then is it really important enough to stay on the list? Or yeah. is there maybe somebody else around me that I can say, Hey, can you take care of this for me? because maybe I'm not the right person to do it. But I do, to your point, I, I kind of monitor what's on that list and I monitor the things that I consistently or always seem to do last. Mm-hmm. And I just question, like, should I still be doing that? Yeah, that is a great thought because that's not necessarily something I ask myself when I'm carrying something over on my to-do list for three weeks. Mm. I'm not saying what's the underlying reason why I haven't done this. Maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe it's not that important. Obviously it's been on there for three weeks. And I think that that's a good learning for me. Having had this conversation, I should evaluate those things that linger on from week to week. And honestly, maybe it's just time to cross them off and and forget about them as important things on my list. Yeah. And I I do keep, I keep a someday list on my computer Mm -hmm. and I do have things on that list that I will, maybe I'll do someday, but there's things I don't want to forget that I had the idea of doing. 
Yep. You know, they're not important enough yet to hit the success list, but they're kind of in the background. And I, I go back and I evaluate that list every so often and say, okay, like, is that still something I could see being valuable? Yes or no. If it's a no, it goes. If it's a yes, it stays. Yep. And sometimes things that are on my success list week to week, I'm like, you know, that's, it's just not the right time for that. Like maybe, yep. maybe, maybe now is not the right time for that. So it goes on that someday list and I get it off my weekly list, but I'm, I'm constantly evaluating what is, what are my weekly items what are my items to put on the back burner that I'll come back to someday? And what are the items that just need to get taken off because I don't want to do them. I don't see the value in them, or maybe somebody else is better suited to do them rather than me. And I just find them a new home. Mm -hmm. Do you use a CRM in your business at all? Yes. How do you intertwine that with your success list? Like for me, I, I look at the CRM as kind of a separate list. Of, so I should take a step back. My CRM mm -hmm. produces a list for me on a daily basis of things that I need to do in yep. terms of loan stuff, follow up with people that may have been interested in buying a home in the past, birthdays, loan anniversaries, all that sort of stuff. So outside of my weekly list, that's a little bit more higher level. I also get a list of people that I need to reach out to on a daily basis. Does your CRM do anything like that? Do you use it that, that way if it does or no? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So I've got the CRM set in a way where it's reminding me of the people that you know, new people that have come in that need to be contacted, people that have been in my database need to be contacted. And then also just kind of the random follow-ups that need to happen throughout the, mm -hmm. throughout the week or, you know, question I got to back, get back to. But one thing that I'd, one thing I've been doing that's helped me is that I do more of my communication kind of in, in mass style. So kind of mass communication where like I'm sending out things about the market and I'm sending out videos about the area and I'm sending mm -hmm. out a newsletter with information about what's going on in the community. Like everybody's getting that. Mm -hmm. So what that allows me to do is it makes sure the people that need to hear from me or they haven't heard from me in a little while consistently hear from me, no. even if it wasn't necessarily like that specific call that I was supposed to make, like at least there's a, a consistent cadence that they're seeing stuff from me. Yeah. So they don't forget about me. And then the special stuff like, you know, birthday cards and anniversaries and stuff like that, you know, on my success list is kind of my key follow-ups. Yep. And that list just kind of gets kind of like attached to that success item. And I go down and take care of those items. Yeah. Cause I do think that's very important. Yep. And yeah, I talk to new people in the business and new agents. And I, at least from my point of view, having a solid database where you have reminders for those sort of things and you know what the last conversation was like with someone. And the next time yep. I talk to them is I think, I think that that's very important as opposed to just flying by the seat of my pants and just not knowing any of these things. I know some people do operate that way and it's not necessarily the way that works for me. But I guess, I guess that's the thing too. You have to find yep. out what works for you because it doesn't matter if you have all that stuff in the CRM, but if you don't know how to use it or it's just not your thing, mm -hmm. it's just kind of a waste anyways. So yeah, a little bit of a I, did a, I did a live stream a few weeks back with Cynthia Castillo. She's out of Vegas. She mm -hmm. is a, I would say kind of like a CRM efficiency utilization expert. You know, she, she meets with people and helps them understand like how best to maximize their CRMs. And a lot of the thing, we, we do a lot of similar things with how we tag people and, and leave notes and have kind of standard communication set up in, a, in, in kind of that mass communication style. There's constantly things they're seeing, but also there's personalization to that. There's a lot that can be done with your CRM. And I'm a huge believer in the power of a CRM because mm -hmm. I'm a relationship guy. Like I want to continue to nurture that relationship. I want to talk to people. I want to know how you're doing. I want to know what things are, or how things are going in your life. CRM is key to that, yeah. but it's also making sure you set it up correctly. And that's a topic that I'm, I'm very passionate about because I like too, too many times we, we build a relationship and then we don't nurture it. And then we can't figure out why it didn't go anywhere. You know, the yeah. nurturing component is so important to make sure that you don't let that, you don't let that meeting or that the conversations you've had just kind of die right where they were. 
when there really was a chance to build a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. Such a good point, man. I feel like I'm great at getting new meetings with realtors, right? I'm yep. meeting with realtors all the time. But then what's that next interaction, phone call, right. meeting? Like, how do you provide value, right? Because I think I'm the type of person that wants to provide value in any relationship, and I'm sure you're that way too. So it's 100%. like, you know, sometimes that's a roadblock to reaching back out or taking it to that ne next level. But yep. it is something that I think a lot of us could do better on. Yeah, and that's why, you know, when you're – when you're communicating with people and you're adding value, even if it's mass communication, if it's a newsletter or a market update or something about the area, as long as you're bringing value, like people will stay engaged. Like they'll, they'll continue to watch. They'll continue to read your stuff. They'll continue to think about you and see you. Um, but it's really when we layer on the personal touches, the phone calls, the, the curated content, the personalized message, the birthday card, like those are the things that make people realize that like, okay, you're not just the machine. Like you are a human being. Oh. You actually care about them. And that's where, you can really stand out mm -hmm. when you not only bring them value day to day, but you also go to those extra lengths to give them those personalized interactions that show how much you actually do care. It's funny how it happens all the time, man. I reach out to people on their birthdays, anniversary when they bought their home, people I haven't talked to in years. I mean, it just yep. happened last week. I, I wish someone a happy birthday. And uh, he responded. He's like, Hey, I want to buy a new house. I'm so glad you reached out. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, I mean, maybe he would have reached out to me anyways, and but maybe he wouldn't have. And, yep. you know, wish, wished him a happy birthday, and I got that response, and now we're kind of going through that whole process of of buying another home. But I looked at my notes in my CRM, and he bought a home in 2016. That was seven years ago, you know? Yep. So, and I'm sure we've talked since then occasionally, but, like, if I wasn't doing that on a regular basis, that business is probably going somewhere else. Yep. Yeah, no, and, and you know, I, I coach and train a lot of agents around this area and around the country, and, and that's the one thing I always I always remind them is the fact that, when you stop selling and start caring and listening, like mm -hmm. that's when you, that's when this business becomes a fun, but B, it also begins to work. Mm -hmm. uh, when you actually go into a conversation, generally, you know, genuinely curious, really wanting to know how they're doing, how you can help them, what's going on in their life. People remember that people don't remember what you said. They remember how you let make that made them feel. And because of those interactions, like when the time comes, you make those calls, you check in on people, and that's the kind of stuff that happens. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, I was thinking about you. Or, oh, yeah, I need to do this. I'm glad you reached out. But because you consistently, because you stop selling and you just show people you care, those opportunities are going to come to you. They're going to come to you naturally. Yeah. Great advice. Well, listen, man, why don't we call it good there? Excited about all the stuff that you got going on. Why don't you share again where the best way for people to find those things are? Yeah. So if you're interested in some of the best places in the area to, to get a burger or find barbecue, you can go to exploremainlife.com. We also have a Facebook page, YouTube page. You can find us there too. If you're interested in what we're doing on the business networking side, you can look up Main Connects. There's a Facebook page. There's also a website. Main Connects is new. We've got our first few interviews done. And we're going to be continuing to look for other people in the community that want to be part of that, that want to be featured and, and be interviewed. And if you're a small business owner listening to this and you're in Maine or in New Hampshire, we'd love to talk to you. Reach out. Let us know who you are. Let us know where you are. We'd love to come in, feature your business, talk to you, and continue to spread some, spread some of the love to all of our local small businesses. Awesome. Thanks, man. Excited to see this grow. So appreciate you taking the time to come and talk. We've got to figure out what round three is going to be about, but yeah. we got some time. So yeah, always appreciate the time and the support, Randy. Awesome. Thanks, bud. We'll be in touch.